Welcome to the Live Your Purpose podcast, featuring compelling interviews with big-hearted people in the Oklahoma City metro area who are leading, creating, and innovating on purpose. Get inspired by conversations with passionate difference makers from our local community. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, Life Purpose Coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. On today's episode, we sit down with Graciela Lopez, a passionate advocate for the Oklahoma City Metro Latino community and an empowering leader with a gift for bringing diverse groups together for meaningful change. And now, the Live Your Purpose podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Live Your Purpose podcast. My guest is Graciela Lopez, who is a family advocate at Sunbeam Family Services in Oklahoma City and also works part-time at the Latino Agency. She's originally from Mexico City and graduated from the University of Central Oklahoma with a sociology degree in human services, along with minors in both leadership and modern languages. Graciela is passionate about advocating for the interests of the people in her community and strives to establish trusting relationships with families to help them accomplish their important goals for success. She's also a Zumba instructor and enjoys arts and crafts, gardening, crochet, and cooking. Graciela, welcome to the show. Hi, Charles. Thank you for having me here. It's really a pleasure to have you on the show, Graciela. We met at the University of Central Oklahoma uh, maybe a little over a year ago through the Transformative Learning Program, and you were up to some really big things there. And that's when I knew uh, one day I had to have you on the show. So it's really a pleasure. Thank you, Okay, Graciela, as you may know, we start each episode with a kickoff question, and you've chosen yours, so I'll read that question to you, and we'll just see where the conversation takes us. Okay. Okay. So, Graciela, when did you know that you wanted to be doing what you're doing today? Well, when I know that is when I, the first year that I came here to Oklahoma City and I start um, doing kind of community service. It was my beginning. And honestly, at that time, I wasn't aware that it was a community service. So it was um, at the elementary school. At the time, I had my little boy, Jonathan, and I used to take my, my son in the mornings to the school. And this school is um, it's no longer here in Oklahoma City, but I was in South Oklahoma City. Uh, it was in 1994, 95. Um, at that time, it was a lot of immigration from different parts of the country. Um, but yeah, I noticed when I took my son to the uh, school and I was greeting the teachers and I spent more time because I was aware it was a lot of moms that they don't know how to speak English and they had kids and that they were friends of my little boy. And I spent more time uh, to help uh, those families to translate with the teachers. And I was so impressed because later I was invited to go into the classrooms with the teachers. They invite me to translate to the kids. And it was, it was great for me because at that time I, I was, um, I mentioned I wasn't aware that it was a community service, but for me it was 
um, a pleasure to be able to have in the morning the moms, but later during the day, help the kids. Yes, so from really from about what, 1994, 1995, yeah. and you recognized a need that there was a need for uh, moms in the community to be able to learn the English language. And then if I'm understanding right, then that led you into the school where you could help with the kids too. And I'm just imagining, what was your interaction with the teachers like in the school when you were doing this work? It was great because mm -hmm. I noticed they were needing me and, and I was needing them. And, uh, and to be able to help other families and kids, it was a great pleasure. So since that moment, I started serving the social economic issues in our community. Yes, and you've done a lot of work and I know we have a, a lot that you could talk about here. And yes. I would just like to open it up for you. What are some of the things that you're able to do? Some of the things that you're passionate about in serving the socioeconomic needs of your community? And, uh, and, and what keeps you doing that kind of work? So start wherever you like. Um. Well, I think it's a lot of, it's part of my passion mm -hmm. to serve the needs of the people in the community. And because it's, um, it's a lot of issues that we have with families, especially in the Hispanic community in the South Oklahoma City. So since that moment, I decided to serve more. Um, and later, um, that the teachers in the classroom, uh, they observed me and they say, Graciela, you need to go to take the GD test. Mm -hmm. And I say, why, why I need that? I had education in Mexico. Mm -hmm. uh, and they say, well, because they can open the doors for you. And I say, okay. So they gave me the address and I went to take the test and I passed the test. And I was glad to start receiving a lot of um, uh, letters from college and universities. Uh, it was great, but I was hard at the same time because I came from Mexico with a um, tourist visa. Okay, so uh, at the moment, um, the need uh, in Mexico pushed me to leave my country because it was a peso devaluation at that time and I wasn't able to pay the basic needs in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, I, I escaped from them, but I was sad to leave my beloved country, but I came here to the United States and I started observing that is more issues. But I, at the same time, I, I realized that I can do more for people than start, um, I don't know what is the word to say, but uh, suffering my own issues. So I dedicate more to focus my attention and other families and support them because at the same time I was helping myself mm. to feel better. Absolutely, that, you know, words that come to my mind are words like empathy or compassion it's a uh, lot of empathy. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly hearing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So when you're able to, at this point in your story, you went and got your GED, and then you started getting these offers, these mailings uh, from local colleges and universities, right? To, yes. to do more. And, and I'm hearing that this thread of community service is something that um, you're very passionate about. And, uh, and I know a little bit of your story from before, and you're, I know you'll share more. And um, this passion for community service and giving back to others through, as you've said now, through knowing some of your own suffering and, and learning, um, and then extending that to uh, members of your community through compassionate service and empathy uh, is, is a meaningful thread that um, goes through all the work that you do up to this day. But at this point in your story that you're describing now, um, and you were looking at different colleges and, and serving more in the community, what was it like to interact with members of your community as, as, um, as you had received your GED here and, and maybe had a new perspective about um, what it was to be um, involved in the work you were doing at this time? Okay. And doing that kind of community service, mm -hmm. I want to be more prepared. And honestly, when I received those letters, I want to go immediately to college and I went yeah. and I applied. Mm. But I mentioned before, it was sad. It was sad and it was difficult. And I was start dealing with a kind of discrimination because I mentioned I came here with a visa that was tourist visa. That visa don't allow me to have a social security number. You know, the process for people who came from Mexico is very difficult because you need to have a family member who apply for you to um, receive a residence first. So at that time, my brother who was born in California, he applied for me. Uh, but just for me to uh, part of Mexico, uh, we had to wait 10 years for the process and you had to pay a big amount for the application. Uh, so my brother applied for me when he realized that I was sad that I wasn't able to go to college. And, but the process was longer. And I mentioned I came here in the 90s. Um, I suffered the big impact that was Oklahoma um, in, the, in the 90s. The bomb, do you remember the bomb, Oklahoma? That impacted many people. Mm, yes, that downtown. Mm -hmm. Really, because that delayed the immigration process. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes. so instead to be waiting 10 years, mm -hmm. I spent 17 years waiting for um, my, to legalize my situation. Mm -hmm. um, it was more because it was in the 90s, the bond in Oklahoma, but 9-11, also impact me greatly uh, as I say in other people, but the delay one more time the process. So it was a long, long um, process. And during those years, I suffered a lot of, uh, a lot of discrimination um, because I, 
they don't accept me because I don't have a social security number, even when I want to. Um, but okay, so I decide to focus on my community service. Okay, so I continue working with a, a elementary school, but later I discovered the Latino agency. So I went and I asked and I say, um, I am here to serve you. I want to know if you need me because I want to be a volunteer. And they say, yes. Okay, so since that year, I start serving the Latino agency. It was uh, 2007. Uh, and I start serving many different departments in the Latino agency, serving the community. And that was helping me to be more aware about the, all the many issues that we have here in Oklahoma City. So I was helping families with kids. So I translated them. Um, they, they offered the, the flu clinic, they offered uh, the women's clinic. And they, at that time it was the car seat clinic and uh, it was the tobacco and the HIV clinic. So I was working in many different departments. Why? Because I spent my day. So I went to the Latino agency since they opened and I was leaving the Latino agency when they closed. So it was like be a, 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 an employee, but a, it was just community service. And I decided to see this um, as my college lessons. So mm -hmm. every person that I was serving, it was like a, open a book and learn from them because every need, it was a lesson for me. And so it was, uh, it was great because they, they trained me. I served the community and it was great to give back because you were aware at that time that it was a lot of need. And, and just to be part of that, it made me feel proud of myself. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, sometimes we say, um, like you have a degree in life. So I'm hearing as you, each person that you were interacting with as you were working daily at the Latino agency um, as a volunteer, but really using this as an educational opportunity and each person in, as I think you described was a book that you could open up and study and learn from. Uh, it sounds to me like you have a master's or a doctorate level degree in life as well. Yeah, it was, there were many, many different lessons. Mm -hmm. um, I was working, let me express this. I was working one time in the women's clinic. So um, my job was to translate those ladies who attend the clinic to make the mom grant and the pap smear. But it's people from different countries that they don't, they don't open easily, especially to talk about mom grant and things like that. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're um, how can I say, they're shy to express even when are dealing with something. So my job was uh, to gain confidence and to 
help them to open and express their needs. It was very important for me. So I remember one day it was a lady uh, who had a, um, a, what I did, it was like a kind of cancer in the chest. Mm. And it was me uh, asking because the doctor told me, Graciela, as the, the patient and this and that. So I was translating in, in my own language and I say, do you mind to let me know uh, what is your issue? So at that time, um, she expressed to me the big issue. And I, at that time, I was learning that I was applying a little bit of psychology because uh, just to manage the feelings of the person. And at the same time, I need to manage my own feelings to know how to manage the situation. At that time, it was a big, big deal. The woman has like a cancer in the chest. So if for me, I am, I am cry, I'm crying easily. Mm. So at that time, I had to control myself because I need to be okay for the patient. So gain confidence and, and at that time I need to make feel okay and secure the patient to proceed and to be able to help. So there were many different situations that made me um, learn more every day. They made me stronger, um, but I was great. I'm glad that I was able to help that, that people. Yeah, and here's just one look into your degree in life um, yes. as you were picking up, which is a wonderful story. The, the word advocate, I think, was used in your bio and for me, I'm picking up on your advocacy here again, um, where it sounds like you really stretched yourself to, to fill this new role and be able to not only translate, but also to, to comfort and to um, help facilitate effective treatment for this particular patient that you were working with uh, between the patient and the medical care provider, which is such an instrumental role. As someone who has volunteered in, in the hospitals, I volunteered locally at Deaconess Hospital Integris. It wasn't called Integris then, but I was there for three years. And to have uh, patient advocates that really understand um, the cultural worldview or uh, the particular worldview and, and needs of a patient is really important to effective care. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great story. And as you also described, you, it sounds like you learned a lot about yourself, you know, to your recognition of the strong emotions that may come up and, and uh, that you sort of rot, rose to the occasion and, and were able to manage those emotions so that you could, uh, so that you could be effective in that role. Yes, true. Yeah, that's so good. Well, um, please continue. If you had other thoughts along these lines, I do have some other questions that I'm interested in, but uh, yeah, what's yeah. next? And so I spent a lot of years serving the Latino agency. Mm -hmm. And um, at that time, uh, I started feeling sick. Uh, and I realized it was my thyroid issues. So I, I was producing bad cholesterol. And bam, because I, at that time, it was uh, hypothyroidism. So I was gaining weight. 
And I say, okay, so I need to do something to help this because I don't, I don't like to take medication for cholesterol. So at that time it was Zumba. It was very trendy at that time. And I say, okay, so I need to try this. I, I saw a lady who was teaching the first time here in Oklahoma City. So I went, she offered me a free class and I decided to stay there. And so I start taking Zumba classes every morning before go to my job at the Latino agency. And later I decided to become a Zumba instructor. Okay, so when I have my certification, I went to the Latino agency and I start offering Zumba classes. At, at that time, it was the employees that they want to lose weight and they allow me one room. And so I bring my music and bring my, my choreography and we start doing Zumba. And I was jealous because my students start losing weight and I wasn't doing the same, but I, I was happy because the most important that was happening to me is because that Zumba class reduced my levels of bad cholesterol. So, um, my, my, uh, it was, uh, it was a great satisfaction because I have my student, they're losing weight, they were happy, but later I realized that in the second floor, the Latino agency, it was a senior center. Mm -hmm. So later I went over there and I started visiting the seniors, uh, and, Later, I decided to ask Anita Martinez at that time, who, is, who was in charge of the, of the Puerta de Oro, is the name of the senior center, the golden door. Okay, so I, I went and I say, Anita, I am Zumba instructor, and I would like to ask you if you give me permission to come and offer a Zumba gold class for the seniors. And she said, Graciela, you think that you want to charge me? No. And I said, no, no, I don't, want, I don't want to charge you. I just want to offer this class because I had a certification, Zumba Gold for seniors. And this is a great opportunity. And I teach in, in the first floor, but if you give me the chance, I can come in my lunchtime to teach the seniors. And I say, are you sure you're not gonna charge? And I say, I'm sure, Anita. So since that time, I start building a relationship with Anita Martinez and I start teaching Zumba Go for seniors. It was great. So that was more exercise for me that helped me to improve my choreography and, and my self-esteem also. And it was great. So I was helping a group of seniors and I was helping the employees from the Latino agency later they give me the opportunity to start receiving people from the community. So my classes start getting longer, more, more students, bigger and bigger. And it was, it was a great pleasure for me because I was a pioneer at the Latino agency to bring the Zumba class. So those kind of things made me feel happy because I find um, passion where, where the things I'm doing. 
Yes, and I can hear it in you uh, from this side of the microphone, which, by the way, I dropped my microphone a few seconds ago, so I don't know if that's going to come through, but uh, hopefully everyone can hear me again. <laughs> but I, I certainly hear that passion, and, and you mentioned the word pioneer. That's something that was coming to my mind. This is a first, and the fact that you were able to work with diverse populations within your own community, working with seniors, um, working with employees of the agency and then also and then extending out and working with members of the broader community how exciting and i can hear it in your voice and of course the title of my podcast is live your purpose and so what sense of of this kind of work was fulfilling to you how did it fulfill a maybe a sense of purpose or meaning for you well is is the meaning to serve people yeah Yes, to serve people and to know that I'm doing something important in their life that made me feel happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it that's powerful. Satisfaction. Yes, satisfaction. Absolutely. Okay, so you were doing Zumba. Uh, now you just left off. You were doing Zumba with the seniors and with the um, broader community. So this hits another aspect of, of your story, which is very deep. Your story is very deep and very broad, but in, it involves these connecting threads of great relationship building, pioneering work, uh, education is in there. And so um, feel free to take the story. It sounds like you have some ideas about where to take it next. Okay, so the next step that I took, it was to go to Oklahoma City Community College. It was one of the colleges that I wanted to go at that time and I wasn't able to be accepted, but uh, I went over there thanks to Anita Martinez. Anita Martinez introduced me to Jessica Martinez. At that time, Jessica Martinez was the director of the uh, community outreach and education. So I went over there and I said, Jessica, uh, your grandma, send me with a big recommendation and I'm here uh, to know if you can use me as a volunteer. I was working many years at the Latino agency and I speak Spanish and I know you have students who speak Spanish here. Uh, what do you think? So she gave me the opportunity and uh, it was the same, I think 2007 uh, when I started serving the Oklahoma City Community College and a, a community outreach department. So I was accepted and I was working at the office. And at that time it was in the fourth floor of the library at the community college. And I spent a couple of years over there. Later they moved to a new building that now is known as a face center. I spent some years over there working with Jessica serving the department and I was working with adult education. So it was a lot of students who uh, went and take ESL classes, GD classes and computer classes. And I was there, I enrolled the students, I offered the welcome, I introduced to the teachers and I was doing different um, kind administrative things, helping Jessica. And so I spent years, uh, but later in the 2011, 
I was so happy that my residence papers went and I, I received the good news that I received my residence card. So with that card, I have my social security number and a work permit. And I say, Jessica, I have my residence card and I have my social security number. And Jessica offered me my first job at the Oklahoma City Community College. At that time, I was the uh, administrative assistant of Jessica in the community outreach department. So I was helping Jessica working directly in her office. And I learned a lot of good things. And honestly, um, I am 100% Mexican. So I speak more my Spanish than my English. So my English is, is not a perfect, but I think with what I, I know from the English, I was able to help many, many students and one of the things that I, that I was great, grateful is was um, to help students, to offer more motivation. And I used to tell my story to them. And I say, I came here and I spent 10, um, 17 years waiting for this. And I was helping this and I learned this. So I offered the students motivation to continue, to keep going, to going to college. And um, I, I realized that I, I want to do more. I want to be more prepared. So the same year that I received my, my residence, uh, Jessica offered me a full-time job, and, but I decided to go to college. So I went to the main campus and I, I was enrolled as a full-time student. It was my passion and my desire to succeed. It was so big that I never imagined that college is, is something serious, okay? So at the middle of the semester, I was crying. Mm. I was crying because it was full time. And it, it was hard because you, you need to learn many different things. So you go into the classroom in a college class you don't have a teacher who is gonna take the moment to say, oh no, Graciela, let me translate this for you because you don't understand this. Because I, I can admit that um, for me to be in the college class, it was hard because my brain, um, my first language is Spanish. So I, I understand the English, but I had to translate in my brain. So it take me long, maybe the double, so I received in English, I need to translate in Spanish and had a big idea. So it was hard for me. And I remember I was walking in, in the college hall crying because it was hard for me. And I say, oh no, I, I want to do well. So, but um, I always um, look ways to find a solution. So I went to different departments and I say, oh, okay, I need, I need kind of support because this is hard for me. And I remember I went to different departments, but I, one department that was able to help me as a student, as an adult, it was the, uh, the TRIO program. 
is a student support service trio program. Um, they offered me a tutor and they offered me uh, an schedule to work. So the next semester they helped me they, mm -hmm. and they told me, Graciela, you need to know how to balance your classes because the first semester, no one told you that you took a lot of uh, the more difficult classes, a lot of science. You need to make a balance because it is the time when the class and the professor is gonna ask you for projects and you need to be prepared and you need to be strong. So that my tutor helped me. And so I learned more how to balance my classes with my job. And, and it was great because um, as I mentioned, I was adult and, and and it was very difficult for me, but um, keep working hard and working and working and pushing and pushing my my emotion because honestly, there were so, some classes that were very difficult for me. But finally, I I would obtain an associate degree at a community college. It wasn't easy, but no, I made it. You made it, and and I don't mean to interrupt you here, but. So much of what you've just shared is really important on so many levels to your own story, of course. But for those who may be listening in right now, maybe you're, um, you've gone back to college or you're doing online classes right now, or perhaps you have a language barrier. Graciela has just given us all some really helpful tips from her own lived experience about um, continuing to persevere and stay strong and look for resources and learn how um, you can gain access to what you need to be successful in school. And I'm thinking, man, this could almost be a book. And what you just described is so useful for so many who may not know. They may give up too easily or too quickly um, and not recognizing that there really are resources out there, but they may not be obvious. It may take work and uh, uh, time to figure out. I know for me, Graciela, I was, um, I was an exchange student in Honduras um, during my studies at uh, an all-Spanish instruction school in, in Honduras called, uh, at that time it was called La Escuela Nacional de Ciencias Forestales. It's wow. NACIFOR. And this was uh, a school, an international school for forestry. And that's my original degree is in natural resources management and uh, in forestry. And I was the first student from North America to ever attend that school. And it was all in Spanish. And of course, my native language is English, American English. And so it was a stretch for me to be with people from Mexico and Honduras and Costa Rica. And there was one from Cuba. And um, it was really confusing and, and difficult but the more that I asked for help and resources, the, the easier it was. I think I could have done a better job and, and followed Graciela, your example, <laughs> on continuing to get help. So I just wanted to share that and uh, really admire your perseverance uh, to succeed. Yes. And now that you mentioned Forrest, uh, one of the classes that I was scared because it was hard for me, is mm. it was biology at the college. And it was my kukui. Uh, they scared me to take that class, but one day I was I was studying in the hall and it was a big poster in the wall and I say biology biology class 
going into Nicaragua into the rainforest. And I say, oh my gosh, I think this is this class is going to save me. Mm. And so I enrolled in that class. That class helped me to pass. So I went to Nicaragua. Um, to, I'm sorry, to Costa Rica. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I went into the ocean to study the coral, the fishes, and I went into the rainforest to study all the beautiful plants in Costa Rica. And I studied uh, also the people in the community. It was a, a great lesson. So it was like to have a vacation, but a study at the same time. It was great. And I passed. Yeah, what a cool story. You got to go to, did you say Costa Rica? Yes, it was Costa Rica. That's an, uh, Pura Vida. Pura Vida in Costa Rica. Yes, I was confused because <laughs> after that, I went to many different uh, trips to Nicaragua, to Costa Rica one more time, uh, yeah. Panama. Wonderful. So you graduated, and, and please pick up wherever you want to in your story, but you did graduate with an associate's degree from OCCC. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and I went, uh, and I was transferred to UCO. Mm. And so when I was in UCO, they helped me um, to focus more in sociology. Yeah, and, and what became, what was the switch there, the change that towards sociology? How, um, if you would like to describe that, uh, how did that change for you? Okay, uh, so because I was working in the community, mm -hmm. um, when I went to the, the oh, UCO, they helped me to know what is my strongest area. And because I was serving the community and I was able to find solution for social issues, so they told me, uh, this is your area, Graciela, and, and I like it, and I really like it. But uh, one of the things that I want to mention, it, I took um, minors in leadership, and I had to mention the leadership class was one of the best classes that, that helped me because I, I like to interact with, with people, but also helping uh, people in the community, building teams to serve was and leadership who helped me the most. Yes, and so this was at the University of Central Oklahoma where you took yes. this leadership course. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Made a big impact on you. Uh-huh. Especially uh -huh. in working with teams and, and maybe building relationships between different teams yeah. and people. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was, I was able to be part of different uh, student organizations but because I had leadership uh, I was president of the Sigma Alpha Lambda. It was my organization that I served for about three years as a president. Uh, and that helped me to recruit the students to be part of my team. So I have my vice president, my vice president of public relations and different members. So build a team and Offering my passion and guide them to serve the community was great. And I'm, I'm grateful for that great opportunity. Yes, and, and I already know this about you, Graciela. You have so much, again, deep and broad uh, leadership experience. So um, this sounds like a really formative experience for you that, and I know you've had many others around leadership at UCO and beyond. 
that helped you to develop your leadership skills. Um, what are some other experiences that you had at UCO? Because I know you had some really powerful ones. Uh, well, I have to mention this one experience that I have. Um, it was the World Experience Foundation. This, this was uh, the first year that I was at the university that I was invited uh, to apply. So I applied for this um, World Experience Foundation to, uh, to be part of this because it was very satisfactory because they select just a, a, a small group of students and it was between 150 students that I was selected to be part of that leadership of the Experience Work Foundation. And this opportunity helped me to build uh, a team with the students and we create a program. And this program was to serve seniors. Uh, we dedicate this. Uh, we had a lot of inspiration because it was global. So we were different students around the world. And this, those students, they had different projects. Some had a technology, some had a sociology, different, different programs. They were great inspiration, but we decided to, to go and support the seniors because I learned serving the Puerta de Oro that the seniors were that part of, uh, of the family them because it's getting older, they don't receive a lot of attention. And so we decided to build that JOY program. JOY program dedicate part of the, of the project to the seniors. So we went three times per, the, per week and we offer quality of time, love and attention to them. We listen, uh, we also, we offer lipstick to the ladies because they look, they want to look pretty. And you know, when they, they know you are there to listen to them, they feel love. And it was, it was great. And also they were so happy because I bring one more time my Zumba classes to them. So we help the brain of those seniors to receive oxygen because they were moving the body and they had more mobility in the arms and the legs. And I remember they make joke because the, and the, the joints make noises, <laughs> and, but they were happy. Yeah. And I remember that I asked, what kind of music do you like? So we offer global music because in my team, it was a, a lady from um, Africa, a lady from Asia. Uh, it was two ladies from Mexico. Uh, so we brought music from different parts and they enjoy it. So we help them to move the body and we make them enjoy the music. And, um, but also one of the things that they, they love the most, they love to play bingo. So we, we, we bring uh, prizes and they were so happy winning those prizes. So it was, it was great, my program. And I can tell that later they were asking for more, for more, more time. Yeah, I bet they were. And again, Graciela, with this program, was that, 
directly through the University of Central Oklahoma or was it through uh, another organization? Yeah, okay. So um, students from the University of Central Oklahoma were invited to participate, but this is this part. Uh, mm -hmm. The Global World Foundation is, is a different project. Um, the president right now is Akash Patel. So now the program is uh, Happy World Foundation. Uh, Akash is, is making this program in memory of his brother, um, Happy Patel, um, who passed away. But Akash is doing this to offer that kind of experience to students. And uh, I, one more time, I was the first and mm -hmm. received this opportunity. I was the first generation at that time in 2017, and it was great. It was my first leadership project. So when I came to the university and I discovered different organizations and different opportunities to serve the community, I say, okay, let's do, let's do more job, let's offer more job. But I, I always like to invite students to do the same. Um, maybe don't have the same passion that I have, but they, they, they can learn they can learn from them how to serve the community. Yes, your leadership style is so invitational, meaning that uh, you're, you're an influencer who enjoys bringing more people into your experiences. And as you just described, they may not have the same perspective or the same passions, but the exposure to those experiences may change them and spark them in some way so that they can at least learn something new or maybe even find um, something meaningful and purposeful that may shift their work in the world and how they engage community. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's powerful. Okay, well, I do wanna get um, into some of the work that you're doing in recent days with Sunbeam Family Services, but I don't wanna miss any of your story either. So we have maybe 15 or 20 minutes or so, maybe about 15. Um, what would you like, which direction would you like to head next in your story? Okay, as you mentioned, I had too much to share, but yes, uh, I just graduated from the University of Central Oklahoma in May, and it was sad. Let mm. me tell you, it was sad because I, I was impacted by the COVID. So the COVID is sad. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, so my last semester, I was to be at home in my in my room with my computer finalizing the last classes mm -hmm. and my last semester had a more difficult classes so it was very hard for me and it was hard for me also because I am the kind of person who enjoy the human mm -hmm. the company I need to see people in the eyes uh, I need to receive my my teacher my professor's motivation in person and i need my classmate to offer me um, that kind of sense so i was very impacted and i was sad and i and i i can mention that i was depressed mm -hmm. um, during my last semester but i made it <laughs> you made it. Congratulations. Yeah, I've, I've seen you make it because we follow along with one another on LinkedIn and, and uh, I saw you make it. So I uh, wanted to tell you person to person. 
from yes. a distance through Zoom. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Um, it was difficult, but um, it was it was a great experience because I received a lot, of, a lot of uh, great motivation, great experience at the University of Central Oklahoma. I went to Nicaragua. I went to uh, different parts of the world because I also went to another continent with a leadership class. I went to Africa and I was able to serve Sister Rosemary um, with the service who is, is offering in, the, in Africa. She's serving women that were by rebels and also she's uh, helping with education. So I had a great experience in Nicaragua and um, I'm sorry, in Africa, and but also Nicaragua when I went to Nicaragua. And those leadership experience made me be more empathic person. And, and I think that things that I'm doing, they, they made me to be a better person every day. So everything that I was able to learn with the books in the classroom with my professor, when I went to serve, doing leadership or doing community service, they helped me to be a better person. I put in practice everything and it was great. Yes, and just hearing you now um, that you've graduated and, and looking back for those that have been listening and really keeping track of Graciela, your experiences, um, being granted full residency and enrolling in college and um, getting a full-time job, part-time then full-time job, continuing to pursue education and moving towards sociology and all these great leadership uh, classes and experiences that you had through um, UCO and, um, and still staying so engaged with community and with seniors, uh, expanding the cultures that you were working with, whether in Uganda or Nicaragua or here in Oklahoma, around the country. I know that you, from personal experience, you've worked with other politicians from other countries. Um, your impact, as, as our listeners are hearing, has just grown and grown over these past uh, several decades. Uh, it's really exciting to hear your journey. And, and once you did graduate, what, was, uh, what, was your, what has your path been over the past, oh, what, few months? Well, uh, when I graduated, um, I start putting applications in different organizations. Um, but finally, Zombie Family Service called me and I say, Graciela, we want to know if you're still interested in, uh, to work with us. And I say, yes. And it was, it was great. And to, to work with families it's, it's great because, as I mentioned, uh, I had difficulties when I came from Mexico and I had difficulties here in Oklahoma as a mom. And to be able to help other families is great and more because I had more passion in all the education, all the classes, all my lessons. They helped me to help better in a better way those families. So now that I'm working with Sunbin, uh, it's a great organization and they designate me to work with um, uh, 
with a center is the Child Care Network 204 is in South Oklahoma City. And uh, I can tell that uh, it's 80% uh, of the population is Hispanic, but we have, we have people from different backgrounds. And I am working with, um, with toddlers and babies and three month babies and uh, so my job is going to be to serve those kids till they turn three is early education so I am in the center observing the kids and helping them if they're receiving the correct education the, um, the food they they work with them by routines but also my part of my job is to work with families if the family had an issue, I am there to support them. Uh, I, I like to know that I have a lot of friends in the community that I like to relate to them. Uh, if one of my families is, um, one of the goal is to obtain a house. So I know one of my friends who works in Habitat for Humanity. So I, I send a reference and I say, do you mind to attend this family? Uh, I would like you to offer uh, time by time and an attention to this because she wants to obtain this house. And I create workshops, um, financial workshops, educational workshops, and different kind of education that I offer to the, those families in order to receive um, what they need. And especially those goals that are very important for families. And right now I am working, I had a passion the working and I know I am going to do this. Uh, I had a family that they're Hindu, they're from India. And I realized that family is a divorce, divorce family, but they had a, some teenagers that they were receiving not the correct treatment and it's not a kind of trauma. And I say, okay, so I am offering my, my love, my compassion and I uh, looking resources to offer um, kind of therapy, but also because they are teenagers. So I am, I am looking for a mentor who speak the same language to be able to them to feel more comfortable. I mentioned when I was dealing uh, with my own barriers, language barriers, I know what, I, what is the feeling. So I know I need to find someone uh, to be a mentor, to help me with those students because they're smart, but uh, they, they need support, they need guidance. And, and I'm looking ways to offer a mentorship to those students to help the family because one of the goals of the family is for them to obtain higher education. And because I have love for higher education and I have a connection with the college, I send them reference to them to receive, uh, I reference to the TRIO program. So they going to receive that support and they, they going to have a mentor who is gonna be there for them, guide them. And mom is feeling support. Uh, and they know that I love them, those mm -hmm. kids and I love the family. And, and I'm them for them. And 
even though uh, we don't speak the same language, uh, the, the English is, is our connection. And my empathy and my love, I know is gonna be able to help them to feel love. And, and I want them to feel welcome. Yes. And as, as you're sharing, um, you've recognized that they, they know that they're loved and that beyond the English language that you're able to share, the, the, hum, the humanity that you all share together and some of those lived experiences that you're able to empathize with and, uh, and then be an advocate for, recognizing that they have a goal of higher education. I don't know if anyone else is excited as I am just listening to this part of your story that Graciela, you're out uh, with, as we say, boots on the ground. Uh, you are embedded in the community, uh, being a, a very direct advocate, not only with empathy and love and support, but with resources, um, connecting people to other resources in our community in a broader sense to help them feel more welcome and to, to meet their long-term goals. I think that's really powerful. Yes, it is. Well, we have a few more minutes. One question I wanted to ask you, Graciela, is looking at the new year. We've just started as, as at the time of this interview. Uh, we're only, what, maybe a week or so into the new year. A lot of things have already happened that are very tumultuous and, and uh, scary, as well as some promising things for, for many of us. Um, what is your hope for the new year, for 2021? Honestly, um, because I always love to support my community and, and I had a love for education. Mm -hmm. When I was at the university, I was supporting uh, the DACA Dreamers. Mm -hmm. And I wish this new president honestly can offer this great opportunity because we have great students that only need one opportunity to be able to receive higher education. And I know when they receive higher education, they going to able to help the family in many different ways. They going to able to offer more quality or job, bilingual job. So it's gonna be more abroad opportunities and different organizations that they can work. Uh, they they gonna bring more money for the community because we have sharp students, um, not only from Mexico, from different parts of the world, that they need this opportunity. They, they want to finish uh, higher education. And I, I have hope that this president is going to offer this opportunity to them and for the families. Yes, and, and he's indicated, uh, you know, that that is what uh, voters have wanted and that that's a priority for him as well. So I, I know, again, as we're living in such um, fractured and uncertain times, um, I join you in the hope for uh, brighter days ahead and more opportunities for uh, immigrants for all over the world. And um, as someone who believes there's more space in our country than not, that there ought to be more opportunities uh, for those as well. So many brilliant minds and loving hearts and hardworking bodies that uh, would love to be a part of the United States. And, and I think that's a, a wonderful 
uh, opportunity about the the next several years ahead. Yes, it is a big help here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Graciela, what I do like to invite also at the close of our conversation with each guest is um, the chance for you to say any um, um, to provide any uh, email addresses or social media channels where folks can reach out to you if you'd like to provide those or any other resources you'd like to, uh, for people to know about that I can list in our show notes. Sure. Uh, so people uh, can find me in G Lopez at Zombie and Family Services .org. This is uh, a great opportunity to help families with infant and toddlers. Um, I, I can be able to help them. Um, but also they can find me at uh, g.lopez uh, latino agency ok.org. Uh, I work during the evenings uh, as a family advocate. Uh, I work with families who kids were removed from the DHS. Uh, so I am there for them. I speak Spanish and I can be able to help them. Um, but also you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I have my account. You can find me at Graciela Lopez. Um, um, and I'm here, I'm here for who needs me. And once again, thank you so much, Charles, for this great opportunity to talk about my story serving my community. It's a pleasure, Graciela, really, the joy is mine. And uh, just to know again that for those that are listening, I'm going to check the show notes and uh, we'll put Graciela's uh, email addresses for the organization she listed, as well as um, those websites and the social media accounts to those organizations. And what else was there? The LinkedIn uh, profile for Graciela. Um, she's asked you to, to do this, and I would encourage you as well, please do reach out to her as uh, someone in our broader community who is an advocate, who's bilingual, who has a rich lived experience. And I don't want to limit by any other uh, labels, but certainly as someone who uh, exhibits such powerful leadership and compassionate heart. That's reason enough to connect with you, Graciela. So thank you again for being a guest on my show. Thank you so much, Harry. You've been listening to the Live Your Purpose podcast. I hope you've been inspired by my conversation with today's guest. If you like what you hear, please share with your social networks and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, life purpose coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. To learn more about the life coaching, public speaking, and retreat services that I offer, visit fullintegrationcoaching.com. And you can follow along with me on Facebook and Instagram at Full Integration Coaching. Until next time, remember, you were meant to live on purpose. Start living yours today.